0: Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning and welcome to the greatest hangover day I've ever had. Yeah, so Nick's in a real bit of a state this morning, so it's going to be one of those episodes, I think. Uh when we were asking when Liam was telling me yep. about how plastic how plastics were apparently not recycled as often as they should be or something. And then he said, "Yeah, so my lunch thing, lunch packaging is made from old Coke bottles." And I went but but Coke bottles are made from glass. How Nick, do you have a This isn't an interesting anecdote? And this is Jojo's World, Now Jojo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are recapping and discussing Buckano. Season one. The, the only, only season. Season. <laughs> season one, episode five and six. Episode five, of course, is I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. Now, Nick Valentine, chapter six. This is JoJo's World, and today on JoJo's World, the first episode is Jacuzzi Splot Cries, cowers, and shows his metal. That's not what it was in the subs, but I'll go with hey, it. Hey, you know, there's no one-to-one thing in translation, you know? It's true. Artistic license is important to get through the spirit of the thing being said, much more so mm. than the literal words. Yeah, this is why I can't stand... of when people are talking to me, because I'm like, the words you're saying, I don't like, but the thing you're saying, I like. Yeah, that's not the same thing at all. Oh, okay. (laughs) Good to know. Nick, Barker No, episode five is, of course, about Jacuzzi Splot crying, cowering, and showing his medal. What did you think about it? Well, I thought that we have a Patreon to shout out, who also cries a lot but shows his medal in many parts of life. Okay. And their name, Liam, is... Dougie Forrester. No, it's not Dougie Forrester. Uh, their name, who brought you Hot this tub very episode, time machine. Who brought you this very episode is Andrew. Ng. It's like Ng. I don't Ng. know what the what the correct pronunciation of yeah, Ng is. You know, this is something you very easily could have looked up. No, <laughs> Andrew Ng. Andrew Ng. Sure. Yeah, Andrew Ng. Andrew, thank you for uh, supporting us on Patreon in the midst of the global pandemic and the bushfires that are even now making our world increasingly unhabitable. Yep. But you make it a little bit more habitable. You know, Nick, I was thinking a lot about Barcano and its themes of immortality recently. Uh-huh. uh Specifically how maybe, uh, 100 years on, 80 years on from the events of Barcano, Immortality is something you decreasingly want, yes, because the world is becoming increasingly uninhabitable. Yeah, wasn't there um, wasn't there a thing? I think it might have been a tabletop RPG. It might have been a show where they <laughs> great, made great. Im- they made immortality, and then they went, "Great, this is not sustainable." And then they just started saying, "All right, well, we need to figure out how to die. <laughs> we need to figure out how we're actually going to get rid of people." And the answer was, uh, "We don't, but also we just don't recreate." more people Oh, you mean everyone's immortal. Yeah. Oh. So they basically found immortality and then said, "Great, we've created immortality." This is a problem because if everyone's immortal, we're going to run out of resources if anyone gets born. So Oh, uh, that's like hmm. both um John Boyes' 177776 or whatever it is. Okay. You know, that futuristic football multimedia webcomic in which uh, everyone is immortal. So Spoilers? No, that's the first thing you learn. Oh. Everyone is immortal, so basically people have put all their resources into increasingly outlandish games of American football. Oh, okay. Because you can't die, so, you know, there is no need to worry about concussions or...
1: Okay, et
0: all right. But it also reminds me of the cultural event of ball Which is a cultural phenomenon. In which the only way out is through incineration. Hmm, hmm. I mean, if you're shelled, you're still in. Yep. hmm. Hmm and there's a lot of peanuts for to those be of you wondering what we're talking about check out the uh, episode 2 or 3 ago where i descri- explained it to nick blaze ball which i have now signed up for nick uh Bacchino, episode 5 jacuzzi splot he cries he cowers he tests his metal we all love jacuzzi splot i posted a poll not a poll a twitter tweet, a Twitter tweet, uh-huh. about Jacuzzi Splot. No, that's not true. About the uh, a mosaic of the uh, the Barcano character names from the opening all next to each other. Uh. And asked people who their favourite Barcano f- was. Mm-hmm. And some people said Jacuzzi Splot. I mean, hang on, when you say some, do you mean most? I mean, we only got a few comments. Yeah, but I mean, were most of those comments, more than 50%, Jacuzzi Splot. I think so. But one of them was, in all caps, with an exclamation point and a question mark, Jacuzzi Splot? Clearly someone isn't keeping up. Excellent. <laughs> That's how you know you have a good fan base. Look, we love him. He's a coward, but he gets things done. Yeah. He's the guy who shows up and goes, ah, And then he wins. And he's crying and he shoots you in the head. In what? 1931, Jacuzzi Splot decides to stop the hijacking but find something has started slaughtering a gang. In 1930, Firo Procinezzo is inducted into the Martillo family at a party. And of course, as we know, Randy and Pezzo were busy getting ready for that party yeah. when they caused a fateful fire that will set the events of that time period into motion. Ah, because we're on a train. No, not then. Oh, of course, Randy and Petzo are the two most crucial characters <laughs> in Barcinoe lore. Because they set forth everything that came after. In a certain way. Definitely. Surprised that the di- the vice director and Carol never brought them up. Carol! I mean, they don't really have strong protagonist energy, No, though, they don't really so... have strong energy at all. It's 1931. Some goons from the Russo crime family have Jacuzzi Splot cornered in a Chicago back alley. (gasps) Not Jacuzzi Splot, the most pathetic being in the universe. And he's crying and he's like, Come on guys, we can talk about this. Uh, The goons press a gun closer to him and say, hey, are we sure this is the guy? Come on, guys, this is really scary. Come on, we don't need to do this. You, you've you got to lower your guns. Please, please. You know, I thought this guy who's don't, been... Don't, don't know what my jacuzzi voice is or really like it, but it's what I've stuck with. Him. I mean, that's pretty much his voice, though. <laughs> please lower your guns, please. And they're like, you know, I would have thought that this guy... It's, is this the right guy? I thought he'd be a bit more hardcore. I mean, he's got this tattoo of a sword on his face. They show a, like, wanted post that's like, mm. this is definitely the guy. But he's such a crybaby. Like, surely he would be, like, hard, right? He'd be hard. Hey, kid, stop crying. I'm not crying. It literally does that baby rub your fists on your eyes when you're crying thing. And he's like, you're absolutely crying. <laughs> In my trans in my sus translation that yeah, I watched. The you response- surely yeah. are crying. You surely are crying. <laughs> you surely I'm are crying. not crying, I tell you. Hey, if you don't want a hole in your head, tell us your name, kid. And then he looks up, gun says, pressed into the like temple of his mm-hmm. head. He's like, it's jacuzzi Splot! Jacuzzi Splot? Really? Dun-dun! Title <laughs> Card. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the train, Jacuzzi Splot finds the bodies of the conductors. As you can see, one conductor has had his arm ripped off. Mm -hmm. His face mauled. The other is slumped in his chair, covered in blood. Ooh, his face mauled. We were too late. The rail trace. Don't know what's happening there. Jacuzzi <laughs> Spot's voice changes yeah. yet again. And then Nice and uh, Donny. Who? Okay, it wasn't really until these two episodes we watched today that the ac- the, the the actual physical size of Donny really became apparent. Because mm. we knew he was like the big quiet guy who hangs out with Jacuzzi and Nice. However, he can barely fit in these train carriages. <laughs> There's literally a joke where he's trying to fit through a door yeah. and he's just struggling In the second episode we watched today they're trying to get into a carriage to talk to Nick who's been kidnapped uh, and in the background of like one part of one half of the conversation he's like trying to jam his way through the door into the carriage then there's a brief transition. They're all outside the carriage and he's trying to jam his way out mm-hmm. in a mirror of that same shot. It was quite a good subtle bit of visual humor mm. I thought. Mm. Not really subtle, but very funny. I mean, it's subtle in the fact that no one's drawing explicit attention to it, which Uh, I I wouldn't have liked it if someone was like, oh, Donnie, always trying to get in and out of rooms. (laughs) I could say so many things to this, but... Niece, you're here. I'm so relieved. Yeah, we're fine. But Nick was caught by people in the black suits. Flashback. Cut to Nick running down the hallway. Oh, this is really intense. Oh my god, I've got to, I've got to go tell the guys. And then he's running past a door, and someone just like shoops out of it and grabs him. Literally, like a three-second, like whoop, whoop yoink. And then we uh, cut back to Nice and Jacuzzi. Yep. Seems they're train robbers like us, but more violently. <laughs> And Jacuzzi's like, aww. What happened here, Jacuzzi? The rail tracer! He's here, we gotta stop the rail tracer, he's gonna kill everyone! And we've gotta save Vic! And and what's that gunfire? Oh my god, it's a real noisy ruckus on this train. There are so many moving parts. This awfully alarmingly quiet train with a lot of very quiet ambient noises that we can hear perfectly we're back in the alleyway we're in the cold open with the russo thugs threatening jacuzzi Uh and they exposit for us a bit to think that the boss of the delinquents who caused so many problems for the russo family Mm. would be such a coward Mm. makes one laugh doesn't it no one laughs. Ha ha ha! Wait, do they laugh? No. Yeah, no one laughs. I was wondering what kind of badass you would be, since I heard you are ravaging our turf, but you suck, jacuzzi line. <laughs> Did you have this line of jacuzzi dialogue in the translation where you watched, we are indeed yes. villains? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why... Why people talk like this in this translation? I think he's trying to sound noble. So they're like, we're indeed villains. But you should know but this. But you guys started it. You killed eight of my friends. So jacuzzi and friends are like part of a... Just like a gang of, of youths from Chicago who... <laughs> who got stepped on by the Russo crime family and were like, no, enough. We the people have to hit back. The first amendment we make to the Russo family is everyone dying. The first amendment? Yeah, that's how amendments work. When you go in and you want something to change, you make an amendment to their lives. They're going to amend the amount of men who are left in the family. And they're going to put them in the dirt. That's where the D comes from. Sure. Yep. So Jacuzzi's getting kicked by uh by this man. Yeah, let's we'll just wrap this scene up because they cut back and forth a bit, but we'll yep. keep it coherent. And he's like, no, you've got to lower your guns so that you don't have to die. Oh, you stupid boy. Surely you mean so that you don't have to die. No, no, they'll surely lower their guns. So Donnie, please don't kill them yet. Uh, and then we see, like, I really liked this shot. Mm. We see both the looming figure of like eight foot tall Donnie behind them. He's got to be like eight feet tall, right? Minimum. Yeah. Uh. But also, uh, just like all these backlit figures of the rest of his gang of toughs, uh, notably Niece. Ominous blue eyes, shining. So, everyone else's eyes are glinting in the moonlight, but I guess her spectacles are because the one over her eye patch is also glinting. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And uh, she's all like, Yeah, I don't think this is going to be happening, tough guy. So, Donnie reaches in front of this guy and just like, crushes both his gun and the hand holding it with his inhuman Hulk-like strength. Uh, The guy's all like, oh my fucking God. She just like tore all my fingers off. Hey, my two cronies. Who aren't moving or reacting. You need to... Why didn't you warn me of anything that was going to happen? And they slump over dead because they have knives in the backs of their heads. And he's like, how did this occur? Yep. He gets pushed into a wall, then niece throws a knife into his head, and that knife has a firework attached to it. And then Jacuzzi spots are like, Oh no, run away! They all run away laughing and or screaming Jacuzzi's I'm case. right And fireworks shoot off into the night sky, because I guess niece loves explosives. Yeah, she's a bit of a crazy sadist yeah, apparently. Yeah, I guess that's where those burns come from. Oh. And Jacuzzi's all like, It wasn't meant to be like this! So Jacuzzi uh, summons his metal and he's like, oh, all the people we met in the dining car, we've got to save them from the guys in the black suits and the rail tracer. Uh, niece and Donnie are just there like, all right. okay, sure. We'll do that. Yeah. You're our leader, Jacuzzi, for some reason. Even though you can't even handle a gun being pointed at your face? I mean, he cries, but he doesn't like roll over on his friends. No, but I mean... You know, credit where it's due, he... he cosmetically grumbles, but he's got that firm iron core of will. Yeah, but if it was Donnie, he would literally look the guy in the face and be all like, oh, you're going to shoot me? Go on then. What? Yeah. Come on. Your bullets can't penetrate my leathery hide. <laughs> you think you have a shot here? Go on. I'm Donnie. It. And then he just reaches out. Boom. He reaches crush. out and he picks up the moon and he crushes them with it. <laughs> it's 1930. Ennis finds Mr. Barnes in the alleyway and brings him back to Zillard. And Zillard's all like, hmm. Gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to Mr. Barnes. You remember Mr. Barnes. He made the elixir and then he lost it. And all of them are like, no, no. Ennis, why did you bring him bring him back? I told you to kill him. And Ennis was like, I just thought it would be good to know what happened before we murder him. That is that word, Ennis. You shouldn't be thinking because you're just a homunculus I created. So Nick, you remember um, episode one. Ennis writes a letter to Isaac and Maria. Yes. And she's like... The brothers I was created alongside are no longer with me. Oh. That's why the translation was so weird. Yeah. (laughs) Because because it was correct. Yeah, because she's a homunculus. Right. And so presumably these other old men also are. Uh, I don't know. It feels like these old men have invested heavily into uh, being immortal as opposed to being created to become immortal, right? Potentially. Yeah, I don't know. We we just don't know. It's just one big, huge barcano right now. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so um, Zillard's like, God, you can't even make good help these days. All right, shall I just drink this guy with my hand and figure out what happened? He will absorb his memory, his experiences, anything that was to do with this guy, he'll get inside of him. So he puts his hand on his forehead. On Mr. Barnes' forehead. Yep, and Zillard just like sucks up all of his flesh and bone into his own body. Leaving behind his clothes, his boots, and his motorcycle. It's surprisingly grisly for this show. Um, it's kind of like the 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 um oh, what show is it? Where like someone else I guess like JoJo's, where Dio, Dio. drains someone and then you can see them get like A little bit shrunk. Exsanguinated. Yeah. Except it's all his flesh and bone going in too. Yeah. So it's just like he starts shriveling up. He starts getting sucked all in. You start seeing like vague muscle and bone, but you don't see it enough because it's all getting sucked up into... Um, Mr. Zillard. So there's this bit here where Zillard has absorbed Barnes's memory and he speaks, like, one sentence at a time, giving the people around him time to react each time, and it reminds me so much of the, um, The Simpsons. The Froget? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, what is it? This doll carries a terrible curse. That's bad. But it comes with a free Froget. Oh, that's good. The Froget is also cursed. That's bad. But it comes with with your choice of topping. That's good. The topping is potassium benzoate that's bad oh (laughs) so he's like this is why we don't have a Simpsons podcast because we just quote the episode in its entirety this is why I have always put my foot down against doing a recap and discussion podcast on a purely comedic show Mm. because it's unlistenable we would just quote it yeah I would love to do a table read of shows but in a very different fashion okay Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Jojo's World Patreon uh, table read content yeah uh, we'll do a staged reading of episode one of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Phantom Blood if you vote for that, patrons. I mean, not this month, but next month. You know, whenever. Yeah. Hell yeah. Barnes managed to save two bottles of the finished product from the fire. <gasps> That's good. It seems the bottles were taken from him, though. That's bad. I know the faces of those who took it. <gasps> That's good. We should be able to recover them. That's good. Oh! <laughs> Ennis, apparently there's a guy who's looking for you too. Let me put my hand on your face like a... Uh, a father no, to no, his no, daughter. No. Well, yes, but also a specific father to his daughter, which is um, um, John Travolta in Face Off. <laughs> uh-huh, yep. He does that weird thing where he runs his, uh, his hand, hand down and his daughter's face. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that. But that is exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, if I run my hand down your face like this, it means you have cancer. I put my evil inside I you. really shouldn't just put my hand over my face and uh, talk into <laughs> the microphone because that's not good broadcasting technique. I would say that's just about the worst <laughs> broadcasting technique. But you know what? That's JoJo's baby. Yeah. People like us. We're the bad boys of podcasting. And by bad, I mean In bad In a addict. very literal sense. <laughs> There's over-talking. There's not finishing any train of thought. There's getting in the way of the microphone. And there's goddamn good comedy. There's all bad traits of podcasts. Ennis, <laughs> go look. Oh, yeah, so she, she shoots a flashback of Fero beating up Dallas and friends into Ennis' brain. Mm-hmm. Go look for those guys that he beat up. They'll know where the stuff is. And then Ennis looks at her cuff, the cuff with the missing button. Oh. And she's she's pondering the symbol of the missing button as if there is something missing from her own life. And, and this missing button represents that. And the man with the missing button represents what might also be missing. Friendship? Sure. Oh, okay, cool. Friendship, free will. Oh, free Fulfilling will. Fulfilling side activities. <laughs> Having a hobby. Yeah. You know. Doing anything other than the bidding of Master Quates. Just... Anything. Breathing. 1931. One year after Mr. Barnes. This is roughly contemporaneous to the train, I believe. So I messed up the timeline when we were talking about last time. I read to you Uh the IMDb summary, which broke down various time periods, which specified that the... Eve looking for Dallas plot is in 1932 and therefore after the train. Mm-hmm. And then like literally a minute later, I was like, yeah, so it's not. if it's not on the train, it's probably before the train. But <laughs> no, no, no. to amend that statement, mm-hmm. other than Eve looking for Dallas, pretty much everything not on the train is before or roughly equivalent to the train. Mm. Now, this plot of um, Mr. Gustavo Runarata... Mm-hmm. Is around the same time as the train? Yeah, because he learns kind of later on that... Uh, Claire. Claire, the, a character who has no, gone unmentioned since Pyro mentioned him in, in episode... Pyro. Pyro. Firo. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> since the Pyro mentioned him in episode one. Good translation on Pyro. <laughs> yep. Pyro. Who's since... Pyro? That's a name of someone in something. TF2. Pyro. No, but like uh, someone else. Oh. No, that's not important. Uh, Firo. Mentioned Claire is on the train in a positive, positive light. Anyway, so next episode, this Gustavo will he- hear tell of this... Claire coming on the train, which, this which means that these Gustavo scenes are roughly contemporaneous to train. Right. So, he's on the phone with his boss, the man from episode 1 and 2, in the uh, dressing gown who was quite abrupt. It was just like, "I can we just get this over yeah, with? Yeah, Mr. Runarata, basically. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry, we'll find Dallas, I promise. If you can't find Dallas, I'll kill you. I'll find him, I promise. And then he yells at his goons who went and yelled at the newspaper team last episode. He's like, you're just goons. You can't yell at the newspaper efficiently. I'll go yell at the newspaper. You don't carry the weight of the family. They only had ambiguous information concerning Dallas. You only have ambiguous lifespans, young man. So he goes, meanwhile, rude dressing gown man is talking to and some guy. Some dude. I think this guy might be the senator, but I'm not sure. Let's have a look at the, sh- the screenshot. So that's the mob boss. That's someone else. I think that's Senator Berriam. Ah, uh, Senator Beranium. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Sen- Congressman Manfred Beranium. Berriam. Barium. And <laughs> the United States Senator, whose platform is staunchly anti-crime. Despite his antipathy towards criminals and immortals, he is colluding with the likes of Mafia Don Bartolo Runerata. Ah. Yep, so that's him. So that, that's we figured the, it yep. out. That's the Senator talking to the head honcho. Of the Runerata family. the Runarata family. Who were, of course, looking for Dallas Genoard. Yeah. Because he drank immortality elixir. But as they speculate in this very scene, they're pretty sure... That he drank an incomplete elixir, and he's still going to age, but he is immortal to all wounds and bodily harm. Right. And they're not talking explicitly about the elixir, but, you know. Elixir adjacent. With our knowledge of dramatic irony, we can figure out that's what they're talking about. Yeah. He's like, I wouldn't mind throwing away my humanity for such a benefit. I'm kind of like a young Dio Brando. (laughs) Huey Lafayette is in jail. That's, of course, what the black-suited men are after on the train. They want yep. him released. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Master Huey. So I should be able to overcome him now. Meanwhile. Like, on the train. No. <gasps> Lavish shots of, like, a happy restaurant environment and then pan down through the floor to a basement where there's a party. And mm. Firo Procinezzo is having his Camorra induction event. The Camorra being not quite the mob. But uh, a variant th- of the mob. Yeah. Something not the mafia, similar. but similar. Very similar. Yeah. Still very Italian, like... So they're all gathered around crime. a big round table lit by a single candle. There is a uh, open box on the table containing a revolver that doesn't get used in this whole series of events. <laughs> a different revolver gets used. No, does yeah. What? A- oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. <laughs> Firo, will you be able to truthfully answer these questions? Yes. Firo, would, do you want to become a Camorista? Yes. Would you be willing to go to prison for the Camorik, for the Kamura? Yes. Would you kill your family if they wronged our friends? Y- yes. Are you willing to die or go to prison for us? Yes. And will you achieve glory with your right hand? Yeah, I feel like if I just... Can we skip this? Because I'm going to say yes. yes. Will you be willing to take your own life with your left hand? I, yes. Like, come on. Will you be willing to kill someone who you were once friends God, with? God, yes. A thousand times, Yes. <laughs> You've made me so happy. And then he's like, now Firo kind of breaks the uh, the solemn tone of the whole thing, but I think it's still part of the initiation ceremony. <laughs> he just kind of leans back and just goes, You're Firo. a good kid, Firo. You don't have to take this step. You could do quite well for yourself just being like an associate. Like you've got good strength to take a straight and narrow. Honestly, yeah. You could be like Michael Corleone, the one who would take us on the straight path. Mm. But do you want to do this anyway? Yes. All yeah. right. Well, I guess you're in. <laughs> Let's do some initiation rituals. So, the initiation ritual, nothing to do with the gun. <laughs> but a knife, which he slams into the table. He pulls out a knife Well, I, I wonder if perhaps this is like a... Because um, he's about to have a... a not not mortal duel with uh with Miser, his mentor. Yep. I wonder if this is one of those, like... um The guy who he went and bought the suit with. Hat with. The hat with, yes. I wonder if this is one of those things where, like, the participant can choose their preferred weapon mm. and because of the year, the assumption is genuinely gun. Yeah. Generally gun. But yeah, he pulls okay. out his knife and he's like, I like knives. Knife fight. But then it's weird if the... Because later we learn it's a non-lethal
1: Fight. yeah they all
0: go down into this room with tiles and like drains in the floor and this guy who looks like Einstein is like now you guys don't secretly hate each other do you because if one of you stabs the other in the chest I'll kill that one which is weird but little does he realise that Miser is immortal yep yep so they have a highly choreographed anime mafia knife fight where Miser is surprisingly aggressive and precise given how unassuming he looks mm-hmm. with his little smile and yep his, his, nice little his eyes little that tile. don't really open yep His glasses. Yep. He drives Firo back, but Firo springs off the wall into the air. Their knives, like, stick into each other, like, blade to hilt each. Mm -hmm. And then Firo flexes. Miser's knife goes flying, and he slashes him in the arm. And Miser's like, Firo did it. This duel is over. And then everyone congratulates Firo. Like, wow. We're all, like, fat old men, but we've never done so well against Miser. To land a hit on Miser. Miser of all people. Miser, oh. He's the knife (laughs) meister. You know, I was on board, <laughs> and now I don't and know how to feel. Then Miser comes up and taps him on the shoulder, like, oh, great work in that knife fight, Firo. And Firo looks at his arm like, where's all the blood gone? The blood... what? But and, blood? Then, and then... Uh, the guy, the leader guy who was still sitting at that big table is like, what a splendid knife fight. Let me fire a shot into the ceiling to celebrate. So he pulls out his own revolver, <laughs> yep. pulls the th- the little cocky thing back. Yep, cocks it. Raises it up in the air. We get a large zoom out and then... hey! And... Everyone cheers for a moment and then we hear the unmistakable voice of Maria saying, oh no, Isaac was just killed. <laughs> it's just like... Um, so, I guess they're nearby. Having a lovely meal. Meanwhile, on the train, Isaac and Maria are like, let's go look for Jacuzzi. I'm dressed as a cowboy, and I'll intimidate any of these bad guys with my gun. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Hooray, we're heroes. So they run off, and then as soon as they run off, we don't follow them. <laughs> so, Senator Berrien's wife, mm-hmm. who is unnamed despite how many more scenes she gets than Senator Berrien. <laughs> Yep, says to Senator Barium's daughter, who is unnamed, despite how many more scenes she gets than Senator Barium. Uh huh. I swear she gets. A oh name no, Mary. Yeah, yeah. Mary. yeah, Mary. Listen carefully, Senator Barium's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mary. Go no, hide. Go no. hide with Cheslaw. From now on, she will only be referred to as uh, uh, the senator. The senator's daughter. Yeah. Now listen closely. The senator's daughter. The senator's wife's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) The senator's wife's daughter. (laughs) I need you to go with Cheslaw, everyone's favourite. Father will surely rescue us tomorrow, so be brave. Cheslaw, please be brave. I know you are just also a regular small human child. And Cheslaw's like, "Mm." hmm. Yes, I am a regular small human child. In true Ness fashion. So they go hide under a table, and then... Mr. Goose, the leader of the Huey Lafaray cultists, comes in. And he's like, hello, I am Mr. Goose. It is nice to meet you, Senator Barium's wife. And Senator Barium's wife is all like, uh, what's going on? I will go with you. Please do not harm anyone else in the train says Senator Berriam's wife. that will depend on what your husband and the government do for us. Where is your daughter? And Senator Berriam's wife does quite a cunning ploy here, if I don't say so myself. Mm. Having just sent her daughter off to hide under a table with Cheslaw, she says, the men in the white suits took my daughter. They also knew who I was, thereby subtly playing off these two hostile forces against each other. Mm. Now, here's the beauty of me coming in today extremely tired. Yes. Even though we just saw... Cheslaw and Mary walk off. Yep, and also saw them hiding under a table. Uh, you didn't I, realize. I still went. Well, they were taken by the white. Hold on, what? And it took another two shots of them hiding under a table for me to go. Oh, it's a. Oh, it's a gambit. It's a trick. It's an X man. It's a ruse. It's a, it's a Russo. It's it's a Russo family gambit. Russo Bolton. It's the Lad classic, Russo Bolton. It's the classic lad play. Uh, and then he's like, hey, who opened that window? He starts walking over to the window. and Cheslaw is hiding under the table. Yeah. He's like, oh no, he's coming closer. No, but he's just looking at the window. And then some guy is like, there was a woman in work clothes there. As soon as everything started, she hopped out the window. Oh yeah. A woman in work clothes, you say? Let me just radio to my comrades in the caboose about that. Uh, and so he, he does. Gets- but meanwhile in the past... Ooh. No, no. Meanwhile... In the present. <gasps> at the newspaper office. Gustavo goes to the newspaper office and is like, tell me about Dallas Genoard. We've got guns. And the newspaper men are like, we've also got guns. Oh no, but your guns are at the ready and are automatics. We better be cowed right now. So they kind of put their guns away. And so like, even though he's being physically manhandled, Nicholas, the English desk worker, still runs rings around Gustavo here. Because Gustavo like shirt fronts him and is like, tell us about Dallas. Oh, we only know what we told you- what we told your goons. Sly smile creeps over his face. But that's not to say we don't know information around Dallas. Spit it out then. Well, it turns out the Gandor family are also looking for him. (gasps) Would you like to know how to beat them to the punch? The Gandors? You better start talking, boy. Well, Dallas, despite being such a piece of shit, dotes on his sister quite a bit. How interesting. So if you kidnapped her, surely he would come out of the woodwork. And then uh, he, the, what, what's it? What's the mafia boss's guy's name? Gustavo. Yet? Gustavo strokes his chin in a very like, hmm. Tu- face. Yeah. Nick turned to me like, "Wow, for such a such an imposing mobster, he sure is easily manipulated." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he goes, "You might have a point or something yeah. like that." Nickel is just playing this guy like a goddamn fiddle. Hmm. There's a brief shot of um woman in work clothes crawling along the outside of the train. Shane LaFerrée briefly catches a glimpse of her out the window, but then she's gone and she's hiding under the um, the wheel choo choo <laughs> struts. The wheel choo choos. You know, the bit of that train. Yeah, it's between the track and the train. Yeah, where the wheels are. The bit are... of the pistons that go. Yeah, I'm uh, moving my hand back and forth like one of those bits of a train. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> For the end of this particular episode, the goons in the luggage cart receive a transmission from Comrade Goose. Clever how they've all got radio transmitters in the different parts of the train. Hmm, quite smart. Yeah. Given that they can't take them anywhere, he's, like a walkie-talkie. He's telling us to look for a woman in work clothes. So let's go do that. Oh no, we're all getting killed by the rail tracer. So it's really freaky. So one guy stays behind in the in the luggage cart, and he hears a noise from out out the hall where the other two went mm-hmm. and like one of them is like totally freaking out like I just turned around for a second and now he's gone then the lights flicker Nick why don't you describe this a strange fog you know, like apparition a red ghosty mist with strange almost humanoid-esque features like arms yep. and a face shoops in from the window and take, like covers the uh, guy who's like he just disappeared grabs him And then swoops back out the window with him. Without a trace. And that one surviving guy is like, Oh my god! He freaks the fuck out. And that's the end of that episode, leading us quite neatly into... Bacano, episode six, the rail tracer maneuvers through the train, slaughtering many. I'd say that's accurate. Yes. Man, that might be the first accurate title card we've had in <laughs> two episodes. <laughs> and that, uh, this episode picks up exactly where that one left off, with this guy freaking out about that. <speaking> t- <para> <sounds> oh, I'm so scared of this ghost. <zou Andre fans> the rail tracer's gonna kill me. <laughs> Just imagine like a horror film that you replace all the ambient music and sounds with the Bacchino yeah, soundtrack. That'd, that'd, be, that'd rule. <laughs> it's like a quiet place, but now it's... A jazzy place. <laughs> a jazzy place. Yeah. It's just like the one series like... <gasps> Don't say anything, we're gonna die. So Nicholas and Bruno mm. are in the director of The Daily Days' office. Mm -hmm. And I really like how the director is just represented by his desk and the massive pile of paperwork on it that he cannot be seen behind. Now, when you were like, oh, by the way, is my phone in the way? Uh, Because you had to... Because I have my phone on a tripod and I'm taking photo notes with it. Yeah. Um, And you said, oh, is that getting in the way? I thought you meant the giant wall of papers there. (laughs) And I went, no. (laughs) (laughs) How? I mean, for them, probably... (laughs) Seems like a strange question, but no. Would you like me to clean it up, Nick? I step into the TV. <laughs> uh, um. Uh, <laughs> Hi, I'm anime Liam. Barkano takes a dark twist. Nicholas is getting scolded for putting Eve Genoard's life in danger, but he doesn't really regret it. Mm. He wants to know about the immortals. That's classified information that he's not allowed to know about. Oh, the director knows enough, but Nick doesn't know anything. Yeah. Um, the, the other guy who this episode was Elaine. So his name is Bruno, but I wonder if perhaps that is is his surname. Mmm. Bruno Elaine. Could be. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, the guy... (laughs) The guy who's in the cool uh, traditional Chinese... His name is Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. He's black. He calls Samantha Sabbath in the subtitles. Yeah. Which is cool. Um... And they're just having a nice little, like, oh, you should have known better. So Nicholas goes outside and starts talking to this Chinese man, like, hey, I need information upon the Gustavo. They haven't made their move yet, but it's when the Runaradas and the uh, Gandors go head to head, surely something interesting will happen. And then Bruno sidles up around the corner and starts eavesdropping. It's like one of those, like, slow-moving, uh, out of the corner behind the wall. Slide yeah. whistle. Yeah. Title card. Yeah. Meanwhile... Senator Barium and Goose are hearing the sound of Rail Tracer killing uh, guys Wait, over the was, radio. that was Senator Barium. Senator Barium's wife, sorry. There we go. Senator Barium's wife. And they're all like, hey, what's they going on? They both disappeared. You've got to help me in the luggage car. Please, please, please. What's going on back there? Meanwhile, the woman in work clothes is crawling under the train and she sees that last surviving guy get... Tossed out of the train by a mysterious apparition of <gasps> fog-like density, yeah. so she she doesn't see it, but like the camera pans for a very brief shot where we see what seems to be like a crimson suit leg. Yes, like blood quick step from outside of the rear cart into the train, <laughs> and then then it goes, and he's this apparition has the guy and holds him down into the train wheels <gasps> He's killing him quite grisly right in front of her and then it looms in close to her whispers some hidden wisdom hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom. that we don't hear but causes her to freak out quite intensely and then like shimmy back yeah, really fast scurries back along the train we still don't know who she is and she screams just as like ah and all this time, this apparition has this, like, one big glowing red eye. And one non-glowing blue eye. No. Oh, you mean, like, from a distance. I'm mean, in, like, the close-up that we get of his face. Doesn't he have... It's her eye. Her eye. And then she shimmies away. 1930. Dallas Genoward has gone to see Luck Gandor being like, Hey, this guy Firo beat me up a few episodes ago. Help me beat him up. And Luck Gandor's just like, Why? Why would we help you? What? We don't like you, Dallas. (laughs) Dallas is like, of course you do. You know who the fuck I am. If you help me, I'll join your little organisation then. And Luck Gandalf's like, Dallas, Dallas we don't like you. Like, legit, you think that we fear you, but But we... But you're just like a distraction for the police to us. That's all you are. We have literally no use for you. So... I mean, I don't know what you were expecting, buddy. Anyway, my brother is going to kick the shit out of you now. And he does, because he's huge. Burger Genoad, who is basically the- um, Burger Gandor. Sorry, Burger Gandor, who is the- Muscle? Who's, who's the guy with Jacuzzi again? Donnie. Donnie. He's the Donnie of the Gandors. Yep. He just walks up and he's like, hey, who are these guys? He's not quite that big, but his jaw is much more square. <laughs> mm. He's like, hey, who are these guys, bro? Ah, uh, I don't know. Luck Gandalf's like, I don't fucking know. He's like, right. He cracks his knuckles and we cut to them all unconscious in an alleyway. And uh, Luck and Berger are like, "Oh, they left some liquor behind. Picking up the case of two immortality elixirs. Um, and they're like what, like, what kind of liquor do you think it is? like, no idea. Uh, put it over there for now. And now it sits there. Meanwhile, on the train, Cheslaw hides Mary in a cupboard and is like, stay here. Don't worry. We'll come back when everything's all good. You'll be safe in here. Just don't make any noise. Everything will be fine. Closes her in the cupboard and is like, well, that's one nuisance taken care of. Now to get on with life. Now to go do sinister immortal things. Cheslaw o'clock, baby. <laughs> okay, so uh, Jacuzzi, niece, and Donnie go rescue Nick, who has been... Tied up in one of the side rooms that he got nabbed in. Now, this is not Nick from Newspaper Nick. This is Nick on the train. Yeah, it's not Nicholas. It's Nick. Who... I never put that together. Yeah. That's unusual. Yeah. It's weird that there are two Nicks, hmm. but you know what? That's fine. You're in favour of it. I I enjoy a good <laughs> Nick, which I am. So, while, they re- while they're while t- they untying Nick, he uh, recounts how he... Lua Klein, the woman in the white dress who was Lad Russo's fiance, uh-huh. and the other nameless Russo goon yep. all got kidnapped and tied up in this carriage then mere minutes ago, Lad Russo burst in and was like, hey what up guys, it's me Lad Russo I'm here to bust you out he's like doing Saturday Night Fever poses and direct quote Thank you. Fuck you. A villain has arrived. Nice. There's not even a guard here. Anyway, glad you're alright, Lua. Let's get out of here. Nick's like, please untie me, well, too. Well, me. I, can't you save me? is like, why would I untie you? Why don't I just kill you here? Actually, no, you can just die here. Starts and, pushing, yeah, him back pushing back into the wall. into a corner like, ah, nice and neat. There we go. You can just stay here and we're gonna go fuck shit up. Getting up in his face like, it is your destiny to die on this train, boy. <laughs> And then he leaves. Yep, then he leaves. Uh, and then we cut back to Jacuzzi, a uh, Donnie, who is struggling to get through the carriage door. Yep, as we alluded to earlier. Yep. And, and they this... notice blood seeping out from a nearby door. Yes, yeah, so they're like, oh, let's go take a look at that. Uh, it cuts away now, but for the sake of coherency, they open it. The room is full of blood. Oh no, Lad Russo busts out of that room first. And he's like, hey! Oh, yeah. I'm just warning you, whatever the hell went down in that room wasn't us, That's right? pretty fucking full on. Jacuzzi splot. <gasps> how do you know my name? Oh, I'm Lad Russo from the Russo crime family. That's how I know your name, baby. Anyway, I'm off to murder yep. some chicks. I'm going to go kill you. But not right now. Bye. And Lad... <laughs> That's kind of his whole thing, yeah. right? Yeah. He's just like, I'll kill you. Ah, uh, make no mistake, mate. I'll get you. Anyway, I'm going to go over there now. i got to take care of Lua. You know how it is. So they look in there. Big blood. Nick throws up. Niece is like, Huh, there's even blood on the ceiling. How horrible. How did this even happen? And then Nick is like, I just spotted something out the window. On the count of two, let's all look out there at once. One, One, two. And the screen was too dark for me to really make out what they were seeing. But they say, there's a humanoid figure on the outside of the train over there. Hmm. Because it just... Creeps away. Yeah. Just as they look out the window and go, oh no. And we can deduce that it's either Rail Tracer or the woman in work clothes. Mm. I think it was Rail Tracer, from what I saw. Meanwhile, another Russo goon in the white suit found Senator Barium's daughter in the cupboard. <gasps> oh no. Oh no. And we get a very long, like, build up to this moment where she's in the cupboard. She hears footsteps. Yeah, I know you're here, pop it. And then, footsteps. <laughs> Footsteps, footsteps, her shaking. Nothing, her on, a, shaking, nothing her shaking. on a moving train could just cause that mop to fall over. There's got to be someone in there. <clears Duh-duh-dunk. sighs> oh no. And then he runs over and goes, Well, I shouldn't really be doing this because Lad Rosso would have my head, but. I do like killing people weaker than me. That's my whole deal. Talk, just killing people and monologuing about how much I like to do it while I'm doing it. Boy, oh boy, here I chokey, go. Choky, choky, choky. And then he is stabbed in the back by Shane Lafarade. Ray, who <gasps> wordlessly is like ah the senator's daughter the senator's daughter then screams yep, screams and wordlessly is like out of the frying pan into another frying pan ooh so sizzly so hot mm. so buccano this sure is a difficult night for me Mary senator Barium's daughter Oh, God. Oh, yeah. um, In the Russo-Splot conversation we recounted a minute ago, pointedly, uh, Russo is like, uh, hey, by the way, I didn't kill the conductors. And it just just occurred to me when he was saying that line of dialogue, like, who's driving the train? (laughs) Well, that's the beauty. The train crashes, doesn't it? (laughs) Everyone dies. Like, it didn't actually reach the destination, right? Yeah, it did. Who stopped the train? (laughs) If there's no... Pilot to con- conductor. There's no conductor to pilot, pilot the train. <laughs> who's piloting the conductor train? Who's training Wait, the conductor? If you're here and you're here, who's driving the train? And then a guy busts in. Why, it's me, the rail tracer. Oh, you choo choo. And then we get a freeze frame of it mauling everyone's face off. You know that Hey Arnold episode with the haunted train? Vaguely. Is that the one where. What's it? Is it Angela with the two the two things? Uh, Oh, what was her name? Helga. Helga. It's the one where Helga Helga Bataki. She's Polish, possibly like uh, Cheslow Meyer. Ooh. Is is she? Um. Is that the one where she like begins monologuing? Oh, Arnold, how I love you. I mean, that's basically every Arnold episode. But Arnold then hears it because she has a bit of a mental breakdown, and then is like, "Oh, Arnold, I guess we'll we'll just have to be together now." And Arnold's like, "I don't know." We could, but uh, it seems kind of parasitic and toxic, doesn't it? (laughs) But I'll give you a go. Nick, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't remember any other content from that episode other than the concept and the spooky bit at the end where the ghost train is real. Oh. Hey Arnold had some scary for a child Halloween episodes. All I remember from that show is the pizza where they try to make the biggest pizza ever. Okay, I don't remember that. And then it all goes horribly awry because they make everything. They get the pizza going. They put in all the dough, they put on all the toppings, they put everything on like, we're doing it. We're actually doing it. Now we put it on a giant uh, oven. And then we wait. And then they go, oh, by the way, um, you only used like one tea, like a teaspoon of um, baking powder, right? He's like, no, I used a tablespoon. And it all overflows. And it all explodes. And then the entire town is covered in pizza for months. This is Jojo's World, our Hey Arnold recap and discussion show. Nick, who is your favourite? I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac and Maria are have just been hit by a car and are limping away, sulking about it. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Dallas Genowide has just been beaten up by Burger Gandor and is sulking about it. Like, I'll fucking kill them all. And then they see these two rich... Fucking yuppies. Well, they all bump into each other, quite literally. And it's like, oh, hey. well, well, first there's this whole thing where Dallas's goons are like, hey, your family's too rich, right? And your yeah. sister's quite beautiful. You stay the fuck away from Eve. You leave Eve out of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nick, you've hoisted me by my own petard. <laughs> which, of course, as we remember, means exploded me with my own bomb. <laughs> which so is probably what happened to niece Hollystone at some point <gasps> you're right um and so so meanwhile isaac and maria they're, they've got circling around each other one with the tribal mask over over her face and, and one the with other the... with the samurai helmet held over his face like a mask and, and they're and, like we've done it we've done so well for ourselves we've done such crimes first we were thieves of time and they stole watches And then like a big watch mascot looms in front of the camera really awkwardly. I didn't know what it was. I was like, who the fuck is that guy? (laughs) Then we tried to steal an entire museum, but that was impossible. So we took the entrance, flashback to them. Dressed as mummies hauling away big iron museum doors. And they're like, oh, it was so heavy. Then but we, we got it. Then we decided to do some good deeds. We stole all the inheritances uh-huh. from a rich family so they wouldn't have to fight over the inheritance. Oh, aren't we so lovely? Oh, they would be such a happy family now. They'll all get along. There'll be no fighting. That made us feel good. So let's do something good for our last job too. Yeah, let's rob from the mafia. Yeah. Yeah, you're so handsome, Isaac. <laughs> And then they bump into Dallas and like, hey, watch where you're going, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, you big fuck. Watch where the fuck you're going. Dallas is having a bad day and he's like, what the fuck did you just say to me? We then cut. Eve oh <gasps> Eve Genoard? She's 1931. She's like, I miss my brother Dallas. And then we go outside her house. And Gustavo she is, is like, that's Eve Jenoward. Watching from a bush nearby with a very like long square faced goon who is like eating raisins or something. Um, and Gustavo's like, all right, get her out of that house. Slow chewing, slowly holds up raisin box or whatever it is, it could be no, no, gum. No. We need to get could the could be full chewing tobacco. We need to get the full energy of this scene, right? He's chewing. Gustavo's looking angry. He's chewing. Chew, chew, chew. Gustavo's looking angry. He's chewing. Slowly holds up box. Do you want one? No, of course I don't fucking want one. Okay, slowly lowers box. <laughs> Meanwhile, one of the Chinese employees of the Daily Days is in a car nearby watching this all. The very same we saw earlier. So that long-faced guy goes over to the phone box, places a fake phone call to the mansion Eve's maid. Samantha is like, the newspaper has more information <laughs> on Dallas, but we need to go there right now. Okay, let's go outside. And then Gustavo kidnaps Eve and locks Samantha up in... A sewage thing? No, it's um one of those cages that you keep garbage bins in. Ah. Yep. And so she's locked in there, gag tied up. Yep. And they drive off with Eve. Good on them. A real <laughs> victory for the Runarada family <laughs> this episode. You know, big plays, big rewards. That's the Runarada way, Right. Absolutely. You know, they're not about those half plays like Jacuzzi splot. Awfully big boots on this Gustavo fella for not even appearing in the opening sequence, even as a cameo like certain other characters. Strange. So, Ennis is walking around. She passes the alleyway that Dallas just seems to hang out with in and get, getting to fight Sin. And who's this? A goon holding on to Maria. She's struggling and she's in a bad way. She walks into the alleyway and she sees Dallas and all his goons just surrounding Isaac on the floor and kicking him. <gasps> Why? It's a shakedown. So the first goon who has Maria is like, What are you doing here, girl? She silently walks up to him Leaping roundhouse Kicks him in the head Against the alley wall He's down Slowly walks over to the next guy Punches him in the nose He's down <laughs> Chops the other guy In the back of his head and Vulcan nerve pinch style Yep He's down And then Backs Dallas. Dallas up against the wall like Please let me go I, uh, I, don't, I don't want any trouble I've got business with you though Does the anime incapacitation Gut punch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's down and Isaac and Marie were like, wow, you're so impressive. You're our new best friend. She flashes back to when she hit them with a car. And I, at the time I went, oh, she must be wracked with guilt. And then immediately goes, oh, how about you guys do this thing for Help me? Help me carry these men to my car. So no, no guilt whatsoever then. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. We then cut to the directors. Well, hang on, hang on. I suppose it is worth highlighting. Mm-hmm. In our web of relationships, yep. of course, on the train, Isaac and Maria are heading back to New York because Ennis wants to see them. Yep. And this is when they first met. Yep. So there's another point on the board. Just let me tie the string around yep. it in a circular motion. Ennis. <laughs> it all hinges on Ennis. No, 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 not O. and So we can also surmise that Firo, in his backstory events, it's probably about to meet Isaac and Maria too hmm. on account of how Isaac just got shot on the floor above them when yes. the man fired his revolver yes. into the ceiling, and must just be like he probably feels intense guilt, maybe or not. I don't know. <laughs> he's part of the family now, so <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's he's certainly friendly, but he does have slight sociopath energy. Slight sociopath energy, Fero? Yeah. Are you sure? Slight. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think only slight. Okay, all right. Meanwhile, the unseen director behind the newspaper is like, What? Eve Genoard was kidnapped? Nicholas, you've got to be held responsible for this. I actually don't remember this scene. Okay, and then he's like, Okay, don't worry everyone, I'll take care of it. And we maybe we'll learn some interesting information out of it. I'm Nicholas, I've got pretty heavy sociopath energy. Oh, and then he uh, he leaves the room. And then the director's all like, that Nick. He's trying to plot those two families against one another to make something happen. Yeah, and Nick is walking down the hallway and like, slow smile begins to creep onto his face. And it looks like... He's He's probably hoping to use this to learn about the immortals somehow. And he's, at first, he's looking really down like, ah, shit, I fucked up. i got in trouble. I hate it when I get in trouble. And then slowly a smirk, then a smile, and then he leans back a bit and goes, oh, I'm a genius. I'm Nicholas. Oh, I'm a player. I got a heavy sociopath energy. (laughs) And what's his name? Bruno? Yeah. Bruno's like, wow, should we worry about that or or, or not? Or? Uh, whatever, we'll learn something about it. By the way, says Unseen Director, mm-hmm. I hear that the legendary assassin, Vino, also known as Claire Stanfield, Claire. is headed for New York on the train, the Flying Pussyfoot, at the invitation of Luck Gandor. <gasps> Claire. And of course, this harkens back to episode one, where... Uh, Firo and Luck were talking about the train coming, and... Luck was all... Luck like, was like, hey, the train is coming, and then, uh, we're bringing over a special someone, and then is like, Claire's coming, hooray! <laughs> so Firo knows Claire, Claire is on the train, Claire is Vino, a legendary assassin, being employed by the Gandors, presumably to deal with the Runaradas in some way. Yes. Does that all make sense? Yes, it all... Uh- now, Liam, it all makes perfect sense, but it's still a lot. <laughs> Meanwhile, after Ennis kidnapped Dallas Genoard with the help of Isaac and Maria, they've hauled him down to the secret Im- immortality basement. The secret immortality basement. Not to be confused with the secret uh, Camarista basement. Yep. They yep. both have round tables in them, though. Ooh, they it's do. It's the same basement. It's like, um, sorry, we booked the basement right now for our uh, mafia initiation. <laughs> <laughs> well, can can you just hang, not be too Hang long? on, we're doing some alchemist shit. We'll be done soon. Oh, fucking... Look, we got... Oh. Come on, the caterers are coming soon. We need to have the feast. We need to have a knife fight. <laughs> Don't you understand? We have these revolvers that need shooting. What, those ones? No, not <laughs> oh, this one. Wait, are you the guys who left the bullet hole in the ceiling? Hey, hey, minor details, all right? Minor details. We didn't get our deposit refunded because of that. Well, you know, maybe... If you guys hurried up, we wouldn't have had to shoot the ceiling. It takes so long to do the secret routine of cane clicks to get our door <laughs> open, though. So all our events run half an hour behind schedule. <laughs> and we have to do it for every person that comes in. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so our uh, seal is like, I'll surely learn a lot if I eat this guy. Anis, wake him up. Or do something to him. Anis, inject him with this serum. So she Ennis, does. Ennis gets like a big old-fashioned na- uh, needle. Big, long point on that needle. And then sucks up some serum, pops it in his arm, pops in the serum. And Zillard looks intensely on. And he's like, <gasps> oh. And that's the end of the episode. What could it mean? What could it mean for Barkano? I don't know. But how's, oh, Nick, how's Barkano gonna get out of this one? And <laughs> for everyone's favourite character, Barkano. <laughs> Literally, you could do Barcano and then anyone's last name from this show and it would still work. Barcano Gandor. Barcano Procgenetzo. Barcano Splot. Barcano Klein. Barcano Russo. Barcano Avaro. How many other names do I remember? Barcano Genoard. Barcano Genoard. Uh, yeah. Barcano, Barcano Isaac and Maria. (laughs) They're just Isaac and Maria. Nick, highlights and lowlights from this episode. I really... Okay. Obvious highlight has to be they shot the revolver yeah. and then Isaac and Maria got shot yeah, apparently. Ruled. And then just, oh my god, Isaac's been killed. But actual There's highlight. There's like 12 people in this universe. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, actual highlight would probably have to be. <laughs> I mean, just, just fucking um, Cheslaw being like, well, that's one thing taken care of. <laughs> that's the end of that chapter. Uh, but I, okay, actually, the rail tracer doing things. Yeah, spooky. Yeah, I really like how, like, so ominous and so creepy it is. Like, it just shows up, and then it takes someone and just throws them away. Hell yeah. Or, apparently, whispers into someone's ear. Yeah. And it's just like... And really freaks them out with hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. My highlight, I think, is probably the bit where Zillard eats Barnes through his hand to gain his knowledge. Mm. Because that just really, like... Rumours of the rail tracer aside, and people talking about immortality, everything has been pretty mundane so far. Yeah. And then this guy just eats someone through his hand, and he's like, oh, okay, things are about to increase Mm. in intensity a little. There might be a bit more magic bullshit. (laughs) Okay. Oh, this is the kind of show this is. Yeah. Hello, Lights. The guy who tried strangling the senator's daughter. Sorry, the senator's wife's daughter. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I'm all about this, I'm all about this, I'm all about this, and then get stabbed. What a tool. Yep. Just bad. Just like meh. <laughs> Yeah. I think my low light is like for all he talks up being a Like, supreme criminal psychopath. All Lad Russo has really done other than killing that one guy in the dining cart has been, like, talking to people and going, I'm definitely a bad guy, but I'll kill you later. (laughs) He starts, like, leaving the room, kill you later, and then shuts (laughs) the door behind him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's all I got. That was the joke. So, Nick. Yeah. Isaac has been shot. (laughs) Yes. Ennis has kidnapped Dallas and uh-huh. injected him with a serum. Yes. The rail tracer looms at large on the train. He remains at large. Eve Genowat has been kidnapped by Gustavo. <gasps> and the paper boys are up to nefarious deeds. Go on. The newspaper lads. Oh yeah, right. The paper boys. Yep. What will happen next time on Bacano? in the episode entitled Everything Began on Board the Advena Avis. What? <gasps> That's the ship Yeah oh. Well done Nick So The ship in the past What What if we get Okay now what if we get A brief little thing From Carol And the director Carol Oh Carol How could you be so foolish Carol. The story didn't we, start we here We can't tell this story Without recounting The events of the Advina Avis Carol Cause now we've got Some magic happening <laughs> So we're at least Acclimated this to This is where the magic happens yeah. Says Delight As he drinks Dallas <laughs> Um, so we've got some magic bullshit going on. We've got allusions to elixirs. But where did it all begin? On the Advena Avis. So now we... Why n- did I have the bowl? Why did I have the bowl, Bart? Why did I have the immortal bowl? So there's got to be maybe a flashback to them talking about, oh, Carol, the story started there. And then we cut to that. And that might be the majority of the episode. Okay, who do you think is on the Advena Avis? I reckon uh, Immortal Zillard. Yep. I reckon maybe this is the creation of the brothers in Ennis. Okay, he's going to make some homunculi on that ship. Yep, and then be like, right, we have a task to do. Mm -hmm. And then maybe kidnap Mr. Barnes, maybe? What? So maybe Mr. Barnes is a guy who's not necessarily working for... Oh, he's under duress. Exactly. That's why he's so disposable. Exactly. Any other uh, characters we know are mortal that you think might have been on the ship? So not Fero, not Miser, I don't think. Okay. Who else is a mortal? Now, we know that Zillard has mentioned Miser before. Yeah. Don't think Miser's going to be on the ship. Okay, and we know Cheslaw is a mortal. But surely Cheslaw isn't going to... Sure. Maybe. Maybe he was on the ship. Maybe he was on the ship. Ooh. Maybe the mysterious origins will become less mysterious and more... Origins. Clear. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, maybe he is on that ship. Ooh. Meanwhile, in the present... Yep. Uh, Rail Tracer. Rail Tracer will get around, but he probably won't do anything... Next episode. Maybe the episode after. Mm-hmm. Jacuzzi. Jacuzzi. And friends. Maybe they'll accidentally meet up with woman in work clothes. Oh, yep. And then they'll become best buds. <laughs> that seems to be Jacuzzi's thing. Yep. Isaac and Maria. Oh, maybe... On train, specifically. Yeah. Maybe they... What could they do? They have said they're going to go find Jacuzzi. Maybe they find Jacuzzi. Or maybe they find the senator's daughter. Oh, yeah. Who is with Shane right now. Who is with Shen... And then team up with Shen or something. Great. I, I don't know. Maybe. Who else is there? There's Firo. <laughs> La- there's Lad. Lad. Little old Lad Russo. He will probably do nothing again. <laughs> but he'll talk about doing a lot of things. He'll be like, oh, Lua. Let me tell you about all the murder I'm going to do. And she'll be like, that's nice, lad. You know, I could just die right now. No, <laughs> Lua. Let me tell you more. What do you make of this, this 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 rumors of the legendary assassin Vino, otherwise known as Claire Stanfield? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she's gonna show up yet. I think she'll probably show up in like the midpoint of the season and then become a relevant character after that. Okay. Because right now it does feel a bit like if if she was gonna show up as like a character on the train, she would have already shown up. Right. Um. What if Claire is the the the. The work clothes lady. Oh my god. What if? That would explain why she managed to hop out of a fucking moving train's window and start climbing along it perfectly to avoid any sight from the others. Either that or she's the rail tracer. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. I thought you meant two women in work clothes as the rail tracer. And I was like, Nick, we saw them together. (laughs) We saw them in the same room. That's the Batman thing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Claire is the woman in work clothes. Cool, okay. Um, I guess we'll find out next time on Barkano Origins. <laughs> <laughs> if you have enjoyed this, you can become a Patreon supporter. Yeah. It's pretty good. You get access to bonus content and a shout out on the show. You only $1 a month to get shit. Yeah, because... uh, Because that's what we do. That's what we fucking do. <laughs> we just want to recoup our costs. That's pretty much it. Yeah? So, until next time... To be, to be con- continued. continued. be